Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Studios of WFAN. This is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this uh, beautiful, first time in a long time, I can say beautiful day on this May 6th. Too nice to be inside, but we're here in the studio on a uh, busy Monday. We'll have Todd Zeal at four on the Mets, who are obviously just about approaching crisis time, which I think is not too strong. We'll get to that. We'll talk to Todd at four. Um, uh, we want to start with the news about Ron Darling, which we hope is he's doing well. We saw, I'm sure everybody's seen the statement now uh, about uh, what is wrong with him and how he's doing. So hopefully he is uh, on the road to recovery, and we hope to see him back soon. So we all send our best to Ron. Um, we'll do the all the baseball a little while. Let me start with the horse racing because one thing about horse racing, and I think it's true sometimes of other sports that might jump in at a very, you know, rare occasion, maybe soccer in our country, uh, maybe, I'm trying to think of something else, maybe some Olympic action could fit in that category. But the problem with horse racing, especially with a race that is as popular and is such a part of America as the Kentucky Derby, and it's the only time a lot of people see horse racing all year, you get a lot of prominent editorials, a lot of opinions, and a lot of comments from people who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I mean zero. So I'll give it to you straight, and then you can we'll take your calls on the subject. Um, I went on for a minute after the race uh, to talk to Kim because she was on. She asked me, um, Anybody who has spent any amount of time around the track, whether you've worked there, whether you are a fan of it, whether you've been going to the track for a long time, uh, whether you spend a couple of weeks every summer in Saratoga, whatever it might be, if you go to the track a lot, if you have sat through a lot of races, as I have, obviously, then what you saw is only different for two reasons. One, it's a 19-horse field, which we never see except in the Derby. And number two, you're racing for immortality. You're racing for grand, uh, you know, enormous amounts of money and prestige. So that is why it's very different. But that race, that outcome, we have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times at racetracks across America. We have all been DQ'd out of wins. We have all been DQ'd that we weren't happy with. We have all been put up and been lucky enough to win a DQ. I've never as an owner been elevated on a DQ. I was taken down on a DQ, never elevated on a DQ. Um, 
but as a someone wagering on a race, uh, obviously I have been both uh, put up and taken down on numerous times. On the adversary, I told the story about uh, me running a bet for Jimmy the Greek and him having this enormous wager on this exactor and being taken down and then keeping the ticket so he could tell everybody the story of how he was screwed by the stewards out of like, you know, 80 grand. Uh, this was in the 70s too, so it was a long time ago. Um, so we have seen that time and time and time again. And I could tell you right now, a lot of people who have watched races many times uh, knew that that was a race where you were wondering when the race ended whether or not, A, there would be an inquiry, which there wasn't, or B, there would be an objection because the winner was all over the track. I actually thought because I was... Uh, I settled on Shug's horse, the 13. He came inside with Johnny Velasquez, and I actually thought the winner on trying to come back, pull his horse back from when his move went wide across from the two path out to the five and yanking him back to the rail, I thought he actually cut off the 13. In essence, when I watched the slow-mo, he didn't hand for the 13. The hand, he could have gotten through, and he did for a second, and then he came up short. But I thought and turned to my wife and said, you know what? There's going to be some post-race action here. That some, you know, there's going to be been claims, or there's going to be a lot of conversation because that was a nasty run through the stretch. That that winner was all over the track, and he, he clearly, I saw him clobber a couple of horses. I thought he actually trapped the thirteen, which he really didn't. And there's two things here that make this unusual. Number one, the horse that benefited the twenty, who finished second, really was not interfered with. He was going to claim because he finished second. And he was bumped into a little, so there's no reason not to claim. But he wasn't the, the, the one that he would not have stood up and gotten a foul. Clearly, because he wasn't the one who was really hurt or hit. The two horses that were really destroyed were the one in the 18. And the one was almost taken to the ground. So the idea by the owner, who should just be quiet, and I understand he's frustrated. You went your whole life to win a derby. You have, and you're thinking dreams of a triple crown. I understand that. He's a very prominent owner. He puts a lot of money into the sport. I do understand that. It's got to be absolutely horrifying. But you got to, you got to, if you're a horseman, understand that he talked about Churchill Downs not caring about anybody's health, or and that's why they run 19 horses. They run 19 horses so that they give everybody a chance to get into the race because so many people want to be in the race every year. That's why they run 19 horses, as every owner knows. Every owner is appreciative of them running 19 horses because it's so hard to get a horse into the derby. And you dream, and it keeps the business going, to keep the horse in the... It's good for the business to get enough slots in the derby because everyone's dream is to win a Kentucky Derby. And it keeps people buying horses who can afford it. Now, he's a very prominent owner, and he uses multiple trainers. He's not a one-trainer guy. And... Clearly, I've seen his horses run for many, many years, and he puts a lot of money into the sport. I understand him being upset, but he knows this better than anybody, that the idea is to protect the jockeys and the horses, and this horse freaked when he turned for home. The wall of sound is something you don't know how it's going to affect them. It's something they're not used to hearing. Usually they're running before very small crowds, even on a day where they run at a steak day, they're running in front of 10,000 people. Now they're running in front of 150,000 people who are screaming their lungs out as they turn for home. The horse freaked. The horse went from the two path across the five path, 
tangled his legs with the one and almost took the one to the ground. If he had taken the one to the ground, you could have had chaos there. You could have had dead horses. You could have had paralyzed jockeys. You could have had broken backs. You could, I've, I've seen jockeys get badly hurt. That's how close you came an inch from that happening. To say the day after that that horse did not put anybody in jeopardy is utter nonsense. That horse interfered. First of all, he wiped one out. The one was making a good move. I don't know if he was going to sustain it to the wire. We'll never know. But he's a big striding horse that was making a big move that had come off the rail. He was behind the 13. He came off the rail. He veered out. He was full of run. And he got almost stopped. He got stopped. And he almost got taken to his knees. And his foul on the one was without question. His foul on the 18 was without question. He did not do anything to the 20. The 20 was in the right place at the right time, and obviously you get put behind the horse you foul. He fouled two horses, the one that finished seventh and the 18, so he gets put all the way in the back of the pack. That's the way it works in racing. You get put behind the horse you foul. Is it Now, did we ever think they'd take a horse down? It would take a lot. This was a lot. If we had been sitting here today and Churchill did not take them down, the howls would have been unbelievable. They would have been worse than they are now. Because that's, first of all, anyone who says that they know the seven was going to win has no idea what the one was going to do in the stretch. Has no idea. It's an unfair statement. If you know anything about racing, it's an unfair statement. You don't know what the one, what kind of run that one had. That run never got, a, that one never got a chance to run. You don't know if the one was going to go by him or not. No, do I? I have no idea. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. The twenty didn't get by him. The thirteenth didn't get by him. We know that. And they had clean trips. The one never got a trip. And he's allowed a trip. And he was completely shut down and stopped in this in the stretch. By a horse that bounced from the two path to the five path and then back to the rail. And listen, I know Jason Service. He's trained for me. I know Saez. He's one on Mongo Nation. He's a very aggressive kid. He's got great hands. He's great out of the gate. He is a great on the front end. He's an incredibly aggressive jockey. And he's a terrific young rider. But he's a very aggressive kid. He was doing his job there, but he lost control of the horse. Remember, this horse weighs... 1,200 pounds. And it's traveling at that point, it's upwards of 35 to 40 miles an hour over a sloppy track. If it can't maintain its lane to some level of decorum, they'll give you a little leeway, but you cannot wipe out part of the field. The danger there, could you have no idea how lucky they were to dodge what could have been a disaster on that track. You want to give racing a bad, a bad name? They were an inch away from giving racing a catastrophe. And that's why they did what everyone knew they should do. The only question was, would they do it in the Derby? Now, they did not. There's two things. There's a steward's inquiry. Usually when a race like that is run, the inquiry sign goes up. That means you're in trouble. When a jockey objects, a jockey has the right to object, and you see objection up, most objections are dismissed. Because a jockey's a lot of times will frivolously object. They're thrown out in two seconds. 
Take a shot. I'll object. I don't like this other writer. I'll object. Hey, bump me. I'll object. But they didn't put up the inquiry sign. Why? I guess they figured, listen, if no one's going to complain, we're going to leave it alone, which was not right. But when they did have two jockeys complaining, the one did not, did not file an objection. Now, why? Maybe he felt that ah, the trainer, trainer's involved in that. Trainer probably told him, hey, you finished seventh, forget it. Or maybe the trainer has a relationship with the owner. It's very possible he has a trainer with the winning owner. Anything's possible. In racing, there's a lot of relationships. He finished seventh, he said, forget it. The 18 said, I'm not forgetting it. And the 20 said, hey, I finished second. I got jostled. I'm going to claim. I understand that. His owner said claim. His trainer said claim. What do we got to lose? So that made sense. But the 20 would have been disallowed. 13 didn't claim. He got bumped a little bit. Nothing bad. 20, nothing bad. 1 and 18. For that, you had to come down. There's no way. And West's biggest argument was, why didn't the stewards talk to me? First of all, the stewards did something that they rarely do. Usually stewards do nothing. The stewards, you got to understand, every state has a racing commission. They hire stewards. They are state employees. Remember, this is about protecting the public. This is paramutual wagering. Their first thing is to protect the riders and the horses on the track, and then it's to protect the betting public. That's their jobs. When they do their job, what tracks do is they'll say, here's the reason for disqualification. Go to the, go to the, to the uh, racetrack TVs. We'll show you here. Here's the head-on. Here's what happened. Blah, blah, blah. That's what happens. He wanted to talk directly to the stewards. They wouldn't talk to him. Why? Because by rule, and I don't even know, maybe by law, they're not allowed to talk to him. I don't know if that's a rule or a law. They did actually come out and make a statement. They didn't take any questions, which is rare, but it was the Derby. So they came out and made a statement. They were under incredible duress. They were under incredible pressure, but they did the right thing. This was the right call. And for people who know nothing about racing, to say this was an an outrageous call, you just don't know what you're talking about. Because you cannot allow a horse to be that out of control. Now, if your argument is, as an owner, hey, the Derby is an unsafe race. We should only have 14 horses in the Derby. That will be such an unpopular move with the rank-and-file owners in this country that it will get voted down if they let them vote on it. Because the reason they do it, they cap it at 20. They ran 19 in this race. The reason they do it is for safety, but they try to make the race as accommodating as they can because everybody wants to be in it. And it's good for their business because people buy horses dreaming that they can win the Derby. I know guys who have been in that business for 40 years and have chased the Derby. And they've won a million stakes, but they've never won a Derby. And a lot of guys will never win a Derby. They will win a million. I know guys who have been great owners. Barry K. Schwartz, who's been, who used to run the place, and was Calvin Klein guy is a great, man, wonderful man who I've known at the racetrack for 100 years. Wonderful family, wonderful man. Guy has put more into racing than any 20 people I know. He's never won a Derby. 
I've always said to him, I hope he wins a derby one day because he's put so much into the sport. I could give you 20 guys like that I know in, in New York racing that I've gone and, and sat next to at Saratoga for years and years and years. Men who have put so many, so much of their hard-earned money. They're captains of industry. They've been enormously successful. They've put a ton of money chasing that dream. So I understand Wes is upset. His day finally came. And then it got yanked out. But when cooler heads prevail, and I doubt he'll sue, and if he does, he'll lose. Because you know what? The track did what it's supposed to do. It protected the jockeys. It protected the horses. Because this horse was out of control. And you hear people say stupid things about the horse doesn't know. Listen, this is too important a decision to make stupid remarks about. If you don't know what you're talking about, be quiet. The bottom line is the track did exactly what it should have done. And I haven't met one person or talked to one person in racing who has thought that horse should have stayed up. Not one. And I thought Bill Mott handled it absolutely perfectly that day. He's a very classy man. You heard him on this show Friday. And he was interviewed Saturday and he said, hey, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. And they said, well, do you want to be put up? And he said, listen, I understand how hard this is. But If this were a Wednesday at a regular racetrack, we all know that this wouldn't even take two minutes. This horse put other horses and jockeys in severe danger. What Bill said is 100% true. If that's a Wednesday at Belmont in a maiden special, that horse comes down in two minutes. There's not even a question. We've all seen it happen. And we've we've seen the stewards make decisions we don't agree with. There's some real tough calls, just like there is in other sports. There's some real tough calls sometimes. It's usually between the winner and the second-place finisher. This wasn't. And you know what? Yes, this is a wet track, but that doesn't matter. They still have to do certain. You have certain responsibilities as a rider. You cannot let your horse get out of control and wallop other horses. That you cannot do. What about the ones right to the racetrack? What about them and them being wiped out in that race? Or the 18 being wiped out in that race? Don't they count? Didn't they have as much chance to ride as anybody else? Well, the one was almost taken off his feet. And go watch it in slow motion. Go watch it and look at what happened. And you won't even have a question about the contact that occurred. There's always going to be bumping in the derby. We know that. There's always going to be something, they, a little bit they have to let go because of the amount of the field. That Did they want to do it? No. In the worst way, they didn't want to do it. But... Anyone who sits there and tells me they know that that horse had a win, then doesn't know anything about racing. Because you don't know what run, what run one had. We know a 20 wasn't going to catch him. We know 13 wasn't going to catch him. You don't know what one would have done. And the jockey said, hey, when I got hit, I thought I was winning the derby. He said, I could never get my horse. I lucky to keep him straight and keep him on his feet. I could never get him started again. He's a big, long stride and horse. They can't get him started again, especially he's just tried to keep him on his feet. Did a good job just keeping him up. He said, I thought as I tipped clear that I was winning the derby. That's what Tyler said on, on the number one. 
What about him? How do you know what he had in the stretch? You don't. And that's why the winner came down. Because what he did was a disqualifying act. Clear and simple. It is any day of the week. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.